Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. We are bellowing up to the day. I, I want everybody right now to take a deep breath in. Work your breath out. Do a little Zen shit. Do you get your do the like the karate kid pushing out on the fake walls? You get all your breath work in. If you're David, like if you I just finished Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, I've been talking about. So you could stretch for the next two hours, get all your shit together. Because bellowing up to the bar to us tonight, we've got a Air Force vet, which we won't hold that that against him here at the bar. You know, we just we try. You know, I'll tell I'll tell him a funny story about that here in a minute. We got an Air Force vet, quadriplegic at one point, paraplegic at one point, breath work. I don't know. I get I don't know if it's a master or a guru. He'll have to explain it all to me. But joining us from, if the, some of you might not know this. If you knew where Lake Superior got its name, it's because it was so large. At one point, they thought it was an ocean. That's how big it was when they first found it. But joining us from parts unknown, what's Lake Superior? We have Mr. Leland Holgate. What's up, brother? Good to be here, man. What's up, brother? Ah, so much. So much amazing stuff, especially being here off Lake Superior. It was just absolutely amazing. My God. Like your, your people's is already showing up. We got little blue hearts here from here in heart, and then Paul Santiago. Was hey, some prayer hands hearts. They're already showing up for you. But well, before we get get into what you got going on, and you can tell us about being the willful warrior and all that, uh, let's go ahead and get started. Get the house clean and done real quick. As always, folks, over my right shoulder is the big board for sticker and a cause. Maybe you've got something that you've done, something that you've supported. Maybe you had a, something in your life and you were able to find a process that maybe many don't realize is still out there and you use that to heal yourself and you're supporting others. But if you got a sticker for it, reach out to me on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, even our email. It's all the above the bar podcast. I'll give you our address after we talk. We'll put the sticker up here on the big board and then we're going to turn around and talk about whatever you got going on. So again, folks, sticker and a cause, reach out to us. Now, Leland and I were talking just before the show got started, and he's got a set of honeycomb shades above him because he's out in the middle of nowhere right now in Lake Superior where it gets cold. So that being said, budget blinds of East Greenbush and budget blinds of Hut Hudson and Cooksaki, New York. Well, this month in August, they're running a special. It's buy two blinds, get one free. That's right, folks. Buy, get two window coverings. And then you get your third one free of equal or lesser value. All you got to do is reach out to them. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook. Budget Blinds of East Greenbush. Budget Blinds of Kuksaki. And you can even just Google them. But if you reach out to them and you get your window covered, taken care of, they're going to give you buy two, get one free. And, folks, that's a free consultation for that. They do their own installation. Everything is taken care of in-house. So it's not like if you go to some of those big box stores and, you think you, well, hey, look, I'm going to go ahead and get my window coverings taken care of. And they start off with the salesperson has never seen them before. And the installer is a third party vendor. And if you ever have any issues, you're going to have to call the manufacturer. Well, guess what, folks? They're all one stop shopping there. 
even comes with a five-year, no questions asked warranty on everything they install. So that's Budget Blinds of East Greenbush and Budget Blinds of Hudson and Cooksaki. All right, Leland, house cleaning's done. I hurried it up. <laughs> I hurried it up for you. I want you to Dude, know that, that was quite that was quite the uh, little caveat there. Way to go! <laughs> I, I, I had to hurry that up for you, but I, let me tell you my Air Force story real quick. Please. I got two. I got two of them. So young, young Lance Corporal Murphy might have been a corporal, but I think it was Lance Corporal. I'm out in California at an at an Air Force base in California. I don't even remember what base it was. I know it's decommissioned now, and uh. They're like, hey, we got you, your barracks room's over here. You're going to stay in this room. I'm used to sleeping in a barracks room with three other dudes, four wall lockers, one bath, one bathroom, single sink, and the room stayed clean. I got into this room. It was a queen-size bed by myself with cable TV, my own bathroom. I'm like, this can't be right. And the guy... <laughs> The other guy was staying with me was like, dude, this is the way they live. I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, never in my in my life have I ever. But my second story gonna falls right into a guy like you. When I went out on recruiting duty in the Marine Corps, they used to tell me, hey, your biggest competition is going to be the Army. The Army was never a competition for me on recruiting. It was always the Air Force because people who join the Air Force are looking for what they think is an extreme mental challenge. They're, they're trying to, they think like, Hey, they're going to make me an astronaut. I'm going to be putting together laser guns before the day's over. Like that's kind of their mindset. And people who join, want to join the Marine Corps, they think we're all going to teach them how to kill someone with their thumb. And you know, that's this extreme mindset, <laughs> but that's you. I mean, let's be honest. And, and I want you to tell your story, but I, I think I had it right. You were, combat veteran in the air force became mm -hmm. quadriplegic got you know i for lack of better i don't know what else called other than got better yeah. then became a paraplegic but to get to where you're at you had to do some extreme things to heal yourself so so tell everybody how you got to what happened back then yeah yeah for sure so um and i i love this so for those of you who don't know uh the marines and the air force have always had this this fun kind of back and forth type air thing. force <laughs> <laughs> and of course what he highlighted is is epic because whenever you stay on a marine base it's like staying at a waffle house and then when you come Absolutely. to the air force it's like staying at the the four eagle steakhouse Right. It's, it's like it's more like staying staying at the uh, Waffle House bathroom is what it's like. <laughs> that's even worse. Okay. It, it's more along those lines. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, uh, I joined the Air Force as a, a C-130 loadmaster. And to your point, funny enough, like exactly like Sean just said, is, you know, I joined looking to possibly become a pilot at some point or, you know, some sort of really mentally challenging, amazing job. Um, so joined as a C-130 loadmaster at the age of 17. I uh, got tired of being told what to do, you know, so I figured I'd join the military. It was, it was the right move. So uh, when I joined, everything changed for me because after I, I went through all of the training, I started working with the Marines. I started working with Airborne Rangers. I started working with PJs and uh, uh, Combat Control, our Special Forces guys, right? So of course, you can... You can see where this is going. My mindset switched immediately. I was like, no, I don't want to be a pilot anymore. Don't want to be any of those other things. 
I want to go be a pararescueman. I want to be part of oh, our special DJ. forces. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was that was the road that I was traveling. Uh, thankfully, I'd, I'd, I'd at least gotten to do my SEER training, which is survival, evasion, resistance, and escape, for those of you who don't know. Uh, also, POW or prisoner of war training. Uh, earned my expert marksman and was pretty much set. All I had to do was go down to San Antonio, try out for my hell week, pass that, and boom, I was in this small, amazing club. Before that, I was tasked to go over to Yugoslavia for Operation Anvil. I'm sure you remember that one. Heard of it. Uh, definitely know it. Yeah, yeah. So went over to take part in Operation Anvil. Um, and unique experience because as we're exiting, we're 17 miles over the Albanian border, you know, running logistics and support missions, uh, dropping food for refugees, all that good stuff. And on the way out, we got lit up by a SAM site. So you can imagine eight to 10 minutes of absolute hell plane is yanking and banking. And you've been on a C-130. You know how that thing is. It's like a friggin' 12-point Richter scale earthquake whenever you get that big baby going. So we're yanking and banking. Everybody's looking at me like I got answers. I'm like, dude, I'm in the back here just popping chaff and flare, hoping to God we make it through this right. thing. <laughs> I got no answers for you. Trust me. I'm shitting my pants too. <laughs> So we, we make it out of that and that like cemented it for me. I was like, that's it, dude. I'm never going to be that helpless again. You know what I mean? Cause you know, this as a Marine, at least on the ground, I can find defilate. I can pull my weapon out and I can fire back at you up right. in the I, air. I, I, had still, I've st I still got a little something I can do at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. At least you can answer the call. You know what I mean? For me, it was like, I felt so helpless. I had mine sitting underneath me, my M4 sitting right behind me. The hell was I going to do with it? Nothing. I'm sitting here with this pickle in my hand, popping chaff and flare out, just praying to God this thing isn't radar guided, because if so, we're screwed. Oh, yeah. So we finally, we get out of that. And of course, that cemented it for me. I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm declaring my intention to my first sergeant. As soon as we get back, uh, I'm going to go on my R&R. &R, you know, I'll get my three days of rest and relaxation. And I'm going down to San Antonio. I'm putting in my hell week and I am becoming a pararescueman. So set on that one. And we decided to go out to Heber Springs, right? I was stationed at the Rock in Arkansas. Okay. So we go out to one of the most amazing, gorgeous lakes out there, uh, Greer's Ferry Lake or Heber Springs as, as they know it. And you know how it is. We can't do low rev shit, right? You get you get done with a deployment, like riding a bicycle or just pulling You're full of piss and vinegar at that point. Of course. Yeah, you got to do something high rev, you know, get the haunches up after we just got out of all that situation. So we decided to get the fastest watercraft that we could find and get pulled behind it on an air tube because that sounds like an epic idea. I mean, everybody has fun with those things anyways, but you know where our mindset was. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to do this pussy 20 miles an hour on the water stuff. Like, kick it up. Stop being a girl. Let's go, Susie. And he listened to me. He certainly did. He revved that thing all the way up as far as it could go. And the moment that I, like, hit those skips where it was, I don't know, probably five seconds in between me meeting the water, yep. I was like, ooh, ooh. All right, yeah, this ain't good. This ain't good. And, and he cut left. And the moment he cut left, I knew it, that you. was it. And it flung me like a slingshot man there was no holding on to that thing and all i remember is just wow water 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 blackness and that was it uh at that point i guess everybody on the shore that had reported on it to the the trooper that that was on site 
said that the guy looked like he was a fucking folded chair for a hundred yards over the water. Just bop, bop, bop. I know a body shouldn't bend that way type of thing. Right. And they were right. Absolutely. Right. Um, little did I know what I had done to myself. Uh, but at that moment I was gone, uh, face down, I drowned. And of course the, the well, impact on my spinal column. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it took me out. I was dead for three minutes and 48 seconds. Um, so Keep of course spinal right. impact. Keep going, Rasputin. You got the hair. <laughs> we've been we, we've been drowned. We've been a quadriplegic, paraplegic. Keep going, Rasputin. Good lord! I would have made an epic marine. I swear to God. Dude, My dude, dad said the same dude. thing too. He's like, you should have just went and been a devil dog. What is? What? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we um we they pull me to the shore, right? Uh, pull me to the shore, and I had one of those amazing out of body experiences. Oh, um, did you? It was, it was the most peaceful experience I'd ever had in my life. You, you and the only reason I knew is because I described to my friends how I watched the state trooper revive me. And he didn't do like normal chest compressions, right? He gave me like two or three of these really good punches right into the chest. And then he'd used his knuckles to do this like xylophone action yes. to get everything going. So when I told them that, they're like, how the fuck did you know that? And I was like, bro, I watched him do it. I was like just standing there watching him do it. No and shit. in that moment, it was, it was the most peaceful experience I ever had in my life. It was uh, no, no thoughts, no, no wants, no needs, no desires, just isness, just being. You know what I mean? I got to so, pause you on that. I got to pause you yeah. on that. For a second. I got to yeah. pause you on that. So now having that feeling, and I mean, you're talking about a true, I don't have a better word other than Zen, complete moment where nothing else existed but you and seeing you yeah coming yeah. back what what was your initial thought other than holy shit i'm back did you have any feelings like i want that feeling back yeah yeah for sure for sure and you can imagine right extreme contrast yeah. i'm now loaded into the ambulance i've got a horse collar around my neck and I come slamming down into my body. It was like somebody picked me up and just fucking A-frame and, and pile-drived me right back into my body. So the moment I came back, here I am, fucking horse collar around my neck. I can only do this with my eyeballs looking left and right. Um, and, I mean, obviously, thankfully, there was, there was really no pain except for the back of my skull where the, the horse collar was just digging in, right? <clears throat> but I come back and I, I hear this, this EMT constantly asking me, hey, can you feel that? Hey, can you feel that? And finally, after about the third or fourth one, I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? And all I hear him say is, oh, no. And of course, that's the last thing you want your paramedic. <laughs> Damn. Right, right. You know, what it's like doctors, uh, pilots, all the, the, there's things you don't want to hear them say. Right. Watch this. Oh, no. You your know, wife, I want to talk. <laughs> right, right it's on that yeah. list yeah exactly exactly so after a while i got tired of it i was like dude what the fuck are you talking about and he's like oh no uh all right i've been poking you everywhere with this this needle are you you're not feeling that you're not feeling that and that was it sheer panic and terror took over yeah. i mean i'm 19 years old right i got my whole life ahead of me i got pj hell week coming up for me like no 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 do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And nothing. Absolutely nothing. Wow. 
So, and of course it's Heber Springs. So we're out in the sticks. We're out in the fucking boonies. So there's no quick ride to the airport. I'm in this thing or to the, to the hospital. There's hour and a half hour, 45 minute trek from where we are to there, even with them speeding and, and guns blazing. So I just got to sit with that for like an hour and a half. And, and the whole time, like you said, all I could think is, can I just go back to that, that one spot where right. I was like, it'd be great if, if you could just put me back there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so no meta, the, like it wasn't like they got you halfway there in the medevac med or something like that. No, unfortunately, in that area, it's so lush and thick with forests. There was really no places for them to to land any of those those medevac spaces, right? So, yeah, they had to get me. They could have, but it would have been like fifteen minutes from the hospital type of thing. So they were like, "Let's just go. Let's let's get them there." Um, plus, thankfully, I wasn't I wasn't in need of of anything serious. Of course, you know everything was at least working. I was breathing, all of those things. Um, but man, yeah, that was that was the longest ride I've ever had in my life. Um, and then when we get to the hospital, they do all the scans, right? MRIs, everything else. They do the whole barrage. And same thing. Doctor walks in and goes, all right. So a couple of things we have to talk about. And I'm like, God, I hate you guys and your fucking language. Like, just fucking lay it on me, talk. What the hell's going on? What is happening? When do I get my shit back? And that's when he laid it on me that there was a silver dollar-sized contusion just wrapped around the upper spinal column right at C1, C2, which is why everything shut down. Uh, so whether I was laying face down in the water or not, it still would have took me out because, bam, you hit, you hit the spinal column at C1, C2, maybe a millimeter or two more of pressure and i just would have snapped the cord completely and that would have been the end of leland at all you know which one completely. is c1 c2 i know c2 I know is c1 is the first cervical vertebra okay right that's right below. The yeah so the what? very top right below your your occipital lobe or the the base of your cranium there so right at the bottom of your skull, it's, it's right where the brain stem is and, and all of these really crucial parts. So is that you don't mess with that one. Call your wind gates. Is that, is that where like the two nerve bundles that go yeah. back to right there? They, isn't that what they used to call them? Like your wind gates or something like yeah. that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was, that was a, uh, you can imagine where I was there. Holy right? <laughs> Self-loathing came in. Woe is me. Right. Um, pfft. Shit, that was that was absolute hell. I wouldn't wish that shit on Saddam or my worst enemy at all. It, it, like I would never wish that on anybody in, in the entire universe. Um, and at that point, you can imagine at 19 years old, everything that I thought I, I wanted in my life was over. As far as what the doctor told me, there's no healing nervous tissue. I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do for this. Only the body can take care of it. You know, we can do surgery, blah, blah, blah. You know, all the things that they do, the, all the ways they know how to be is what he hit me with. And of course, I wasn't doing any surgeries. I wasn't, I wasn't letting them cut on me or anything else. I'm already screwed. Why am I going to let you go in there and possibly fuck things up even worse? No, thank you. So at that point, I decided life was over. You can imagine. You know what I mean? I had, uh, I had my Marine buddies coming in to visit me. I had my spec ops dudes coming in to see me. And those were the guys that I was talking to. And I'd ask them, I'd be like, dude, just, just fucking take me out. Just please. 
don't really let me. Yeah, I was. It was it was two days hell. It was it was two days of experiencing the lowest of lows that I've ever had in my life. Like I did not want to live anymore. This is not the way I want to be. I don't want to be Christopher Reeves in the chair. Right. You know, just please take me out. And of course, I knew the spec ops guys knew. It's like, come on, you guys know poisons. You guys know all this stuff. 10 to 20 milligrams of sodium pentothal. Just let me fall asleep. I'll be fine. Um, thankfully, they of course were like, no, dude. <laughs> Fuck off, dude. Not me. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And you know, of course, some of them being combat vets himself, they're like, dude, we just got back from the war. Like, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. So it was uh it was interesting to get past that, but you know, it was it was great because here's the thing, right? You know this too. The military, whether you recognize it or not, for those of you that are active duty right now, has given you universal secrets in the training that they have given us, especially when you go into some of the combat training that Marines and all these other combat veterans go into, or you do SEER and POW training, they're leveling you up to a whole new different mindset, to a whole new way of being. And that training took over, thankfully, right? So Right in that second day, I just I started hearing everything that they're screaming at you constantly, right? Three strikes, you're never out. There's always one more thing that you can do. Always try to evade. Always continue to try to escape. You're not forgotten. We are coming for you. All of these things like really started kicking back in for me. And in the moment the doctor walked back in and he wanted to do the whole managing expectations speech that they're programmed to do, right? So he walks in and starts with that whole shit. And I was just immediately as loud as I could. People on the other side of the hospital probably heard me. They probably heard me on the fucking base. I was like, fuck no, doc. And the moment I said, fuck no, my brachial plexus lit up, right? This cluster of nerves right here in, in your shoulders that feeds down into everything else. And I got this little whoop of energy traveled up my neck. And I was like, oh, okay. Something's happening here. You're telling me things are impossible, but there's something happening here. Doc, do me a favor and get the fuck out. You actually me, felt it. Yeah, it was like this little charge of energy, right? You know that chill that you get that travels up yeah. your spine when something good happens or, you know, your spidey senses are tingling? That happened from my shoulders up. And I was like, oh, okay, hold on a second. What the fuck was that? So, of course, I asked the doctor to exit stage left and do me a favor, send in my friends. I got some things to talk about. So uh, from that point forward, you can imagine I, I really dug in on the possibility of not staying the way that I was, especially given that just 24 hours ago, it's not his fault, but right. you know, the douche walks in and tells me all these things and I'm like, fuck, all right, he's trained to do this. There has to be something more than this. They're not always right. They don't always have it figured out. Like there's got to be something else that can happen. So that right there just settled in a whole new way of being for me and opened up the possibility that this is not how I'm fucking staying the rest of my life. So check this out for fucking the smallest. And you know this with the military, right? Smallest of probability. The physical therapist that walked in the next day was an Ashtanga yogi. Tell me the case, the, the possibility. Okay, so you what, what, what you got to tell me what I, I Ash a yogi, a yogi, a yoga, like an teacher. actual yogi. Not, yeah, what is like an actual yoga teacher. So Ashtanga is a form of yoga okay. and she is a yoga teacher. Like that's what he does besides physical therapy. Gotcha. So in 1999, the military gives me a physical therapist. That's a yogi on top of everything. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. How does that work? And I didn't recognize how substantial that was until he started true. doing all the physical therapy with me. 
right? So, and get this, he walks in and the first thing he says to me is, I know this is going to sound a little strange, but we're going to work through some yoga and your physical therapy. And I just roll my eyes. I'm like, dude, if I could move my legs right now, I'd fucking kick you in the throat. Yoga. Do you understand who you're talking to, doc? Like, are you looking at me? How am I going to do yoga? And that was when he started imparting on me that yoga is 95 to 98% breath work. It's called pranayama, breath control, right? It's all mindset work and breath and controlling things internally. It's, it's not the hot 22-year-old on a Lululemon mat, you know, holding a, a wicked warrior one pose or whatever else. Hey, 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 hey. There's nothing I know. I don't want to take that away from you. Go ahead don't. and keep that. I, I, so, you know, what's funny is, and I want to add this into it. Obviously, I was never at, at your point. I have a bulging L3, L4 and protruding L4, L5, which was kind of the end of my career because I couldn't run anymore without, you know, being being put up for a while. But the greatest thing I ever did for my body that helped me and my wife and I were just talking, I, I've got to get back into it. COVID kind of knocked me out of it was hot yoga. Boom. Like, like I'm all about, I don't know about anybody else, but for me, yoga needs to be at like nine. Like I'm going to ask this question. And I was just thinking about this. When you PT, if you're not sweating, do you feel like it's worthless? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like if, if I wasn't if getting my ass kicked. kicked. It, so, I, so, okay. So I, the yogi, I can't remember what you said. The, the name of it is Ashwani. Ashwani. Uh, Oshkosh Bagash Yogi uh, The Oshkosh Bagash Yogi um, Turns around And starts working with you What type of you know And obviously some people who know nothing about yoga Are going to be like what, what was he in downward dog Ha 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 But like what kind of things You know in that kind of a situation Because I also think that In my mind I think They have to still be very cautious With the movement of your spine so what type of things were they able to do with you to help get that blood flow working and getting those things going? Yeah, great question. Great question. Yeah, they, they do. They have to be really cautious, especially in the area of impact, right? So no huge neck bends or anything like that while the, the tissues are, are allowing themselves to heal. Um, but mostly what he focused on was at least moving my extremities, getting the arms moving to help fight the atrophy, you know, opening up little bandhas or lock points, they call it in yoga, um, working me through some acupuncture and, and uh, massage and everything to awaken nerve endings, all of that good stuff. So it's pretty much all he could use. But the main thing that he used, the only real tool, 90 to 95% of everything we did was this breath work. I feel that all I could do. Feeling the swirling breath in the back of your throat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, he was teaching me all kinds of cool shit, right? That was where I learned all the alternate nostril breathing and oh, all of these other that? things. What's that? Can you do that? The all I can't. I couldn't. He had to do it for me, of course. <laughs> but I do do it. Yeah, it's it's a great way. Like if you inhale through your left nostril, you're activating your right brain. So the creative brain, it's kind of like putting the uh, brakes on, right? you're breathing inhale through your right nostril you're activating the gas pedal it's more of the logical brain so there's there's all kinds of different things that you can do with the breath work and i had no idea at that point <laughs> no so, i didn't even know i've never heard that one so so how long 
and you know, like I know. So the where they took you to the the hospital they took you to that wasn't a. I know they gave you a physical therapist, but where they took you to, that wasn't a military hospital, though, was it? No. No, it was uh, it was Little Rock General. Yeah. So how how long were you there? Because I know the way they can be with, yeah. with the DOD before they're yeah. like, okay, you've been here about three days. We need to go ahead and get you to a base hospital <laughs> where, like, where, like, Irma is the, uh, is the only nurse. And she can be like... Listen, son, I've been around these bases for a long time. I know how to fix you up. No problem. I've got a <laughs> shot. cigarette hanging out of her mouth. cigarette's hanging out, dangling the whole time. She's like, I can give you two Motrins a day and we'll fix anything. Don't worry about it. But like, how long were you actually in that hospital before they did try to move you or did they let you get to like, how long were you there before you they were like, all right, you got to come back to base and like deal with a base hospital. Two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks um, because I probably would have stayed longer, but because of everything that we were doing, I had regained about 50% of, of at least the sensation. I didn't have fine motor functions back. Okay. I couldn't lift my elbows quite you know, to that point, but I at least started feeling the trunk of my body. I could feel sensations moving down my arms. That's incredible. So, it was, yeah, it was magical stuff, like series. The first time we did the, the breath work, right? So the first one that I told you when I just screamed fuck no at the dock went up. Now the next one, we did the first breath session where it's like this 30 round of, and I can take you through like a, a short express in here in a little bit when you feel yes, like please. it, so you, can, so you can feel it. But just in a 30 breath cycle, which is 30 inhales and exhales, and then a hold at the top, and when I held at the top, holy shit. For anybody that's done 5-MEO, DMT, uh, any of the, the amazing psychedelics that are out there, exactly DMT. what happened. And, of course, it was a little, a little bombastic at first. I mean, I'm a 19-year-old freaking combat guy. I don't know about these things. So the world starts turning. Like, these amazing feelings start happening. And then all of a sudden, that same feeling I got that traveled up my neck started traveling down to the tip of my shoulder blades. And I was like, what the fuck? What is happening? What did you just do? Can we do more? <laughs> I hope you stayed in contact with this person. I actually lost contact with him. Cause you know, back then, this is what? 23. Well, 99. No, Jesus. I can't do math right now. I should be able to do math, but um, you know, this is 24 years ago. So I didn't, I didn't recognize just the the power this guy was tapping me into. I'm almost positive though. If I go, you know how the military is, unless uh, things have gotten worse. Look, I, I'm I'm hoping know. I can still find him because that's that's in my intention that I want to find this guy and make sure he knows what he helped fucking create. You know Folks, what I mean? There's 14 of you watching right now. We already know that the person was a physical therapist in Arkansas at Little Rock General Hospital that they had a yogi background and did physical therapy. There is no reason on God's green earth that, and we know it was 24 years ago. We can tell when the person worked at the hospital, there is no reason that the power of the above the bar podcast cannot reach out and find somebody out that way in our Kansas that could figure out where this person is unless they were dealing with a Clinton, which means they're probably in the bottom of a lake somewhere. That's <laughs> really yeah. But they're in a barrel somewhere, in a barrel somewhere, but that's a totally story. So uh, I'm going to challenge everybody right now. Do that for Leland. Let's figure out who that person was 
And, and I mean, like I said, there there's enough of us out here right now just yeah. watching before we even drop this thing to the podcast side of it. And there's another, you know, there's 2,200 people that follow me. So I, I think one person could find them. Yeah, so, somebody out there has got to find them, and they know people that know people. Right. There's six <laughs> degrees of separation. So yeah. so two and a half weeks you're out there. You're, yeah. I'm just blown away by you got 50% sensation back yeah. after the doctor's like, so catheter, you know, you're going to, yeah. we're probably going to be talking, you know, colostomy bags and yeah. all these other things. And here it is. We're talking 50% back mm. afterwards. Now, did they, I'm going to question about this. So how much of that, you know, it, it is the air force, I guess you're kind of in shape, but um, you did different stuff. You were getting ready to be a PJ. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> but, but how much of that did they attribute like, Hey, cause you were in a great physical shape. Yeah. Did they attribute also like, Hey, this is part of the recovery process. They, Oh, as far as like the breath goes. Well, yeah, like saying like, hey, luckily your body's physicality, even though it's damaged, adding this other piece to it, you know, they're, they're yeah. working together. Right. Yeah, that, you know, based based on everything that, of course, they know and, and go off of, they considered me a spontaneous healing and attributed it, just like you said, to peak performance shape before the accident, blah, gotcha. blah, blah. Um, so just kind of bold right over what the breath work would have done. Cause they weren't even, the doctors weren't even really cognizant that that was happening. That was just something between me and my physical therapist. So, yeah. So uh, as far as they were concerned, it was the physical therapy and the shape that I was in when I, before the accident that just led me to a spontaneous healing. Yay. I get all my stuff back. Look, it's like magic. <laughs> yeah, butterflies so and rainbows. So, so you're, you're back on base, you're two and a half weeks. I don't want to miss any of this. So, so you recover from, from here and you're considered as a quadriplegic still, even though you have movement back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. when, when do we fall into it? And, and look, folks, I want you all to go look into what Leland's got going on. He is the willful warrior. If you look him up on Instagram, it's willful warrior. LinkedIn, it's willful warrior. If you look up on Facebook, it's the willful warrior. And if I had his, like, there's a lot of W's in that, bro. Like, there's a lot going on with that. But <laughs> make sure you look up what Leland's got going on. He's got all this happening. He's also got some other things we're going to talk about. I want to get to all of it. So we, we get through that. Now, what happens that you become a paraplegic? Yeah. Yeah. So that happened within about two and a half months. So within about two and a half months, I was able to at least lift my elbows. I could flip my hands, uh, which is funny. Dana is probably watching us right now and she's noticed like they've gotten better, but it, it, they're called quad flippers. You know, you can't really do anything with them, but I could, I could, <laughs> sorry. how many yeah. times in the service did you, Oh God. Did you ever <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a term and i can't use it god i can't use it this is this is one of those things folks that i would love to let you behind the military curtain for a moment but it, you have to have served to understand that level of humor that we all have for each other like when i call some of my best friends and i'm like hey what's up fat ass and it's like not in any way shape or form a horrible thing He's the same guy that if he called me up and said, Hey, look, man, we got to bury a body, I'd be like, oh, no way. But 
but I also refer to him as a fat ass every time we talk. So, okay. So, so you got your yeah. movement back two and a half yeah. months. We're now paraplegic. Yeah. Well, not in funny enough. I had feeling and sensation down to almost my ankles in the first two and a half months. So I wasn't, I, I guess, technically still a paraplegic, even though I wasn't really paralyzed from the waist down, uh, wasn't able to walk on my own just yet. But the fact that I could move my elbows and I could like at least move my trunk, you know, my neck was starting to get some really good mobility. At, I mean, I was already blown away. And of course, everybody else was at, at the medical facilities and anybody that I was dealing with. They were just blown away by how fast I was recovering and pulling out of this thing. Um, and so it was it went on like that for a while. And you can imagine I dug in like a fucking tick. Right. I'm doing breath work like seven eight times a day there were plenty of times and this has happened before even the the incident we'll talk about later on the paraplegic incident right the head-on car crash but there were plenty of times like nurses would come in and my eyes are rolling into the back of my skull <laughs> and i'm doing the flipping chicken and they're hitting cold blue like everybody get in here right now and i'd come out like bro i'm trying to breathe and they're like oh my god i mean i dug in so much that yeah, it, they finally got used to that. But the first couple of times they walk in on me, like eh, 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 doing this thing after breath work and shit, they think I'm fishing out and dying. But no, I'm just high on my own supply, bro. Let me go. <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, it was quite, it was quite the experience, man. And um, it took me two years, two years to get to the point where I could at least walk um i mean I, I still used a cane occasionally because you know every now and then i'd have pain or, or neuropathy which is numbness and tingling and nerve issues and lower extremities but the fact that i walked away or limped away from it in two years i'm okay with that that was it was absolutely epic for me so it was uh at least back to some level of normalcy within two years after the accident let me answer this question for you because nate's one of my good friends He's a horrible fantasy football player. <laughs> he loses all the time. But he asked, what's your favorite MRE meal? I can answer that for you, Nate. He's never had one. He's, in the Air Force. <laughs> He's never had one. He's in the Air Force. He's never seen one. He, I have, he, thankfully. <laughs> he, he thinks MRE is meal returned entree. Like they didn't, they didn't, they, it wasn't cooked right or something. It, he never had one. I love it. I oh, fucking God. love it. Um, my favorite was the spaghetti and meatballs. And of course, aside, aside from the, the meals themselves, like I would crack out on the dried fruit, bro. Like I do, really? I would do anything for that dried Dude. fruit. I don't, I don't know why I like that shit. What year did you go in? Uh, 97. Okay. So I'm 94. So we're, we're right around the same wheelhouse for yeah. me. It was beef stew. Ooh. And the first time I ever had it warmed up was completely accidental. Cause it was in the top of my pack. This is before MRE heaters in the in the MREs. It was just happened to be in the top of my pack, so it heated up that way, and it was amazing. But if you could get the MRE beef stew, trade for the jalapeno cheese, and then you <laughs> broke your crackers up and put them in there with the, the bottle of Tabasco and then mix it all together, brother, that was – I will put that meal up against some real, like, legit – like beef stew gourmet ass shit. Yeah. But I was I also love loved I loved the four fingers of death. That was the Frankfurter, the four fingers of death. 
Dude, yeah, you, yeah. Congratulations. You're going to be in the bathroom for the next oh, one. Locked up like you were locked up. <laughs> it came out the same way they went in. They were locked up. But uh, so, so, we, so we get the, you're, you're good. Two and a half years. You're moving along. You, yeah. you can move now. And then the car accident. Yeah, well, there was there was a whole bunch of messy middle in between there because, of course, you can imagine from all the, the oh, contrast like we come back with, um, what does the VA do to us? Here's 13 pills. I hope these work well with you, right? Yeah. They're probably going to do really good things for you. Right. So uh, inevitably, they weren't enough. I needed more. I couldn't stay in that zombie state by myself. I couldn't sleep by myself. So I turned to street drugs uh heroin meth you name it give it to me what's what's gonna help me knock this shit out what can i what can i put up my nose to wake me up what can i shoot in my veins to put me down um and alcoholic of course as well because those two just go hand in hand so that was that was a good 10 years of my life just vacuumed right out of me um drinking and drugs and everything else i could do to run from from what was happening on the inside all the things that you know especially that last event right you can imagine that right. shit was seared into my mind like there's nowhere i can go i don't know what to do i can't shoot back what the fuck so um that finally came out of that and um when i came out of that in 2016 pops was an army ranger moved delta and uh he decided that it was time to tap out so he was one of our uh, 44 a day now 44 a day um, Your dad was. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he opted out and uh, that hit me pretty deep. Of course, that one that one put me into a bit of a spiral. And if that wasn't enough, the month later, diagnosed with colon cancer stage two. Um, so 2016 was a pretty damn heavy year for me. Wow. That was that was a, a pretty rough one to get through. I just came back from being a crackhead, like literally a uh, heroin addict, an alcoholic made my way back, you know, crawled out of the fucking trenches with my elbows and numbs. And, uh, yeah, dad decides that it was time to leave. And then a month later diagnosed with, with something that, uh, essentially would have put me in that same helpless zone. Cause you know, they want to do the, let's cut six feet out of your colon and make a J turn. So you're pissing and shitting in a bag for the rest of your life. That sounds epic. Let's do that right now uh radiation chemo all the things that they would move through to take care of this poison and, your body to take out another poison yeah yeah exactly exactly let's kill everything to kill the cancer that sounds good so you can imagine i what i gave the the answer on that one that, that was a very emphatic <laughs> we can go pound stand with that yeah yeah exactly exactly so um, that was, that was actually funny enough, the biggest turning point in my life and why I am where I am right now and doing the things that I'm doing to support our brothers and sisters and bring them out of the, the fucking trenches that we fall into at post-military. Um, cause it led me right back. It led me right back to my yoga practice. It led me right back to my breath work practice. You know, all these things that I had kind of just put on the shelf cause I was busy doing drugs and getting drunk. Um, so I dug in again, just like I did in the hospital and just started going through. Um, I was studying neuroscience and psychology then because I wanted to understand. I knew why I did what I did, 
in 99. I knew why I walked again, but I wanted to know how, you know, and I'm always, always been one of those guys that wants to take apart dad's drill, figure out how it works type <laughs> of shit. <laughs> why is all my tools broken? <laughs> Gnomes. Gnomes. Um, <laughs> oh, gremlins, dad. Gremlins. Yeah. So it's, uh, it dug me back in, in a big way. Right. So became a yoga instructor studying neuroscience and psychology. And now I'm finally getting to the point where about, you know, I'm working on my master's and then going for the doctorate after that actual double doctorate in neuroscience and psychology and, uh, dug me in, in a big way. So you would think sweet. He's got at least 12 books in there. I think that's enough. He can probably move on and do some cool shit with that. Right. Right. No universe said, how about one more? Just one more. I promise. Maybe no more after this. One more time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One more again. Let's let's uh, let's knock you down a couple of pegs. We'll Rochambeau you for it one more time. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, 2019. I did, and get this right. I go into full remission. So happy, right? So happy. Go into full remission. Uh, working through my Ayurvedic diet and yoga and putting RSO up my butt. Like, don't tell anybody. Um, so what's that? It's Rick Simpson oil. It's, it's THC and CBD. And whenever you take it rectally, it actually travels up your, your hemorrhoidal vein and hits you right in the liver. So it just purifies everything inside of the body. Not to mention you get super high. Hold on. So <laughs> there's two things that that's um, hilarious about that. First <laughs> off, I used to work with a guy when I worked at Amtrak named Rick Simpson. So that's even funnier. That's to me. epic. That's yeah. even funnier to me because the Rick Simpson I know loves to travel and is getting ready to retire from the railroad. It, and maybe when he retires, he'll, he'll do that. But so is this something? So, okay. You got to pause. <laughs> I know. It just, this just opened up a whole new world. I've, I, you know, you hear these stories of like people doing drugs rectally. Yeah. And and THC and stuff like that. So, like, is it in a suppository? Are you like rolling a joint? And, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> He's just like, putting it up there and lighting like, it. <laughs> like, I use raw, so it's like it's good. It's all natural. <laughs> like, 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 where do you buy that at? You uh, unfortunately, well, there are places now that you can buy it, right? Medical uh, marijuana patients okay, so can that- buy them. I made it. I had a, a good friend of mine who owned a dispensary. His name is Ruckus, and he was magic at this stuff. He knew how to create like purified, you take purified coconut oil, and then you take it. It was about a gram worth of, and Rick Simpson oil is essentially you take a whole pound of weed and you cook it down with alcohol and high levels of heat. And the oil that drips out of it is the purest form of, of THC and CBD that you can pull out of it, right? So I would be mixing that stuff. Oh, look at that. There's Megan. What's up, gorgeous? So I, was actually, la- I was actually laughing at Coherent Heart saying, suck it up. Suck it up, like literally. Like physically. <laughs> now, who's, Megan? who's Megan? Megan uh, is, that's, that's my queen. Uh, she's quite amazing. Oh. And she's a cannabis scientist. She is like, oh, we're going to get you on the show, Megan. Cause I yeah, know. you've got to hear her story. Not to mention she's one of our MS warriors. She's been kicking MS's ass for uh, the past few years. Like Megan, she was bedridden, couldn't walk. And now 
walking, yoga instructor, taking care of other people, helping them heal. So definitely want her on your show for sure. She'll be a good I, one to interview. I've got six plants outside right now. Hey. And you can smell it. I have almost three acres and you can smell it all over my yard. I love it. I love it. Vanilla cream or some shit. Like, I don't yeah, but, we'll have okay, to come so, <laughs> yeah, come on, bro. Like, it, this is the first time I've ever grown. I, I have first time I've ever grown. Nothing's budded yet. Probably the tallest one's about four, four and a half feet tall. Um, nice. And then, but mine are all outside. Everybody's like, don't do it outside, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, God put it outside. I can put this yeah. outside. That's where the shit grew naturally before, like, right? And I think it works. I'm sorry that my shit isn't at like 300 THC level. It's only going to be at 12. I'm the guy who like when somebody's like, you want to hit? I'm like, I take one, no more than two. And I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> That's I'm, me too. I'm a lightweight, I'm, dude. I'm, I'm And I, these people that are like, you're a lightweight. I'm like, okay, great. I'm a cheap you know, date. Why are you? I mean, come on. Have you ever had a Betty Zetty? You ever had Betty Zetty's? Betty Zetty. What is a Betty Zetty? Bro. Listen to me. I'm this show's going to go over an hour, folks. If you're hanging out, we're going over an hour. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Betty's, Betty's is a brand name that I wish they just made candy. Yeah. Because they're, they have like nighttime and other flavors, but they're like, I get the five milligram nighttime ones that have also have melatonin in them Ooh. for sleep. And I promise you, flavor wise, they're the best flavored candy. They're like a, like a saltwater toffee almost. Nice. Bro, so good. So good. So you're, <laughs> We're off track here for a minute. We're, oh, yeah, yeah, look, yeah. So, I, I'm supposed to, like, we were supposed to close the bar up here, but we're probably going to go over, folks. So, all so, good. You're, so you, you've you got this stuff. You're, you're you're getting yourself back in order. And then all of a sudden, 2019 hits. And yeah, so 2019, I get the great news, full remission. Uh, there's no tumor left. There's nothing. My numbers have bottomed out. Everything looks great. So I'm moving on with life. And I'm out and I'm doing my Uber thing because I was an Uber driver back then while building the nonprofit and, and everything else that is is what it is now. And I look, oh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you didn't answer or pick up the phone, but at least the ding made you look at it, right? right, right. So the ding went off. I got a text message. I look over just to see who it was. And then the moment I look back, all I can remember is, oh, fuck. Boom. Head on car crash. Some douchebag dingleberry thought it would be a great idea to try to take a right-hand turn from the left-hand turn lane in the middle of traffic while there's a green light for the people that are driving. Like, yeah, oh, my God. This is why they put warning labels on shit, people like them. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, in the shower. I, I come to, and you can imagine where my head was, right? Uh, combat vets like us. I come to, and all I can smell is fucking gunpowder. And there's ringing going in my ears, like really gunpowder. Flashbang, the the uh, airbags. Oh, the yeah, shop, the airbag. Gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. So I got the ringing in my ears. The the, the the car is is moving. I'm like, what the fuck? Am I back in back? What's happening right now? Like, who's shooting at me? <laughs> so I finally come to, and I recognize, wow, well, there's my engine. It's sitting in the passenger chair. That's that's interesting. My legs are kind of trapped. They're not they're not squoze underneath the 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 steering wheel, but they were at least trapped. It was hard for me to move them, right? So the firefighter shows up and has to pry the door open. 
He gets me to the point where he can at least pull me out. And when I try to put my legs down to the ground, notice that I'm limp as a noodle and down to the ground I go. Wow. And the moment that happens, he gave me this like look of fear. And I'm like, you don't have to say anything, bro. Fucking kidding me right now. <laughs> you tell him that you had already gone through this once before in your life? We did once we got in, once they got me on the gurney and they put me into the ambulance and started carting me off to uh, a Desert Springs Hospital. Yeah, that's that was the conversation that we had because you can imagine I was a little bit, I had some righteous indignation going on. I was fucking pissed. I yeah, was yeah, mad. Like, that's a different kind of piss. That's not like, like, oh my God, that's like you motherfuckers again. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a puppy. I'm going to kick it right now. <laughs> that mad. <laughs> and i love puppies <laughs> so, so, so you, you're up at, so now you're you're in the hospital again it's time to recover again yeah how quick does it take you to revert back to hey breath work got me through it the first time let's yeah. get at it again immediately i was doing breath work in the fucking ambulance <laughs> really <laughs> yes i was i even looked at one of them i was like don't mind me I'm going to do a little cyclic hyperventilation right now. And the guy just gives me a wink. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. So I did a round on the way to the hospital. I was like, uh, uh, no, 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 Nope. Nope. This is, this is not happening. Um, so yeah, immediately, immediately checked in with that. And in 2017, while I was, you know, going through my cancer journey, a friend of mine gifted me the book becoming supernatural. So I also had Dr. Joe Dispenza's amazing meditations and like, information about the possibility and, and all of these other things that I had studied from neuroscience and psychology on the possibility of what you can fucking do with yourself. Never listen to a doctor when they tell you what you're capable of. You know what I mean? Like they are not the ones that can tell you what you can do. I promise you that I am proof of that. Megan is proof of that. So many people that we know that are here with us right now are proof of that. So I had his meditations and my breath work. And again, you can imagine I scared the shit out of the hospital staff for at least the first two days. Yeah, I in and I'm doing my thing or they walk in in a breath hold and there I am doing the flipping chicken shit. And they're like, ah, I'm trying to figure it out. But um, they came around to that really quick. And on that one, thankfully, not a big long story on this one. This one took me seven months to come back from because I already had this. I already you knew. knew what you needed to do. Exactly. I was like, don't worry. I got this. Doc started talking about and all his things. And I'm like, Doc, do me a favor. I understand you got to go through the spiel, but just save your breath. Save your breath, dude. Save it. <laughs> I got this. You should have made a favor. Kill the pain with drugs for right now and bring me my food. That's all I need you for. Bring me my Motrin. <laughs> I need Motrin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm a service member. I only take Motrin. <laughs> and for all of you that don't know in the military you break your arm or some sort of serious injury like no shit it, it, 800 milligrams of motrin take like three of these every you know you know what two I, to three times a day you'll be fine in a week bro i'll tell you a sidebar story and i never knew this till my i was probably 25 27 years old joined when i was 17 went to boot camp my ex my ex-wife said something she was like i was like yeah i got a little headache can you grab me two motrin and she's like oh, okay grabs the motrin bottle and goes you want two of these 
I'm like, yeah, I got a headache. Give me two Motrin. She goes, these are 800 milligrams. That's 1600 milligrams of Motrin. I'm like, okay. I don't like it. Cause I'd never, I didn't know any better. You know, right. Kid, when I joined them, <laughs> they told me take two. Yep. And I took two. And I had no idea that like when you went to the store and you got regular motion, they were 200 milligrams. I'm like taking 1600 milligrams of Motrin and like, fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. You got this. uh, Creighton says playing with his 60 seconds to freedom technique has completely changed my life. What is that? Yeah, brother. You know what? If you want, let's take a quick pause. It literally takes right. a minute. All right, let's, and let's I can get do you, it. Like, go ahead. I know you can do your, like your little Zen music thing in the background or, or whatever. I don't, have, so. I don't like the closest here that I got. I got that. Or wait. Yeah, that won't work. How about this one? That's about the best I got, man. All right. All right. We'll do it without the music. It's fine. Don't we don't any, need the music anyway. I don't have any like. Hold on. Okay, Google, play yoga music. Can you hear it? No, no. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. You're gonna you're gonna get this off of the off of the breath, anyways. So here's how we're gonna do this. All right, you're gonna breathe, and this is a warrior's breath. All right, it's not a warrior. It's a warrior's breath in and out through the nose. All right. Leave the neck and shoulders alone. Breathe from the belly, from the diaphragm where we're supposed to breathe. Right. And it'll sound like this. You guys can try it with me. There we go. Anybody that just tried that, you could feel the switch already. Right. So we're going to do 10 of those inhales and exhales, 10 of them. And then on the 11th one, we're going to hold it at the top. And you'll see me counting with my fingers, letting you know, once we get to 10, I'll point, breathe in all the way to the top and just hold your breath, but also let go of tension. Super important. Let your shoulders drop. Just let go of your mind and prepare for the journey. All right. I got the journey music going. You should be able to hear it now. Okay. Yeah, I got you. (laughs) Beautiful. All right. So just close your eyes for a moment. Let your hands rest on your knees or on the chair, wherever you are. And just take two nice deep breaths, filling up nice and slow. Then naturally just emptying out. And another one. Let it go. Now slowly breathe into the top, all the way up, all the way and hold. Breathe in all the way and hold. Hold the breath. Let go of tension. Remember, in and out through the nose. Exhale all the way out through your mouth. In through the nose, out through the nose. In through the nose, out through the nose. In through the nose, out through the nose. Breathing with that sound and power. Just continue to inhale and exhale. No pauses in between. Just continue to breathe. You're almost there. Just a couple more. 
And now breathe in all the way up and hold, all the way up, all the way up and hold. Hold the breath. Let go of tension. Notice the ride. And then very slowly start to exhale. Sink in. Notice that shift. Notice the wave of energy moving through your body. And when you're ready, slowly start to wiggle your fingers, bringing all that back to here and now. When you're ready, you can come on back. How about okay. that? Balls. <laughs> Bro, that was pretty fucking intense. Like that's I actually, what, I actually that's what he did to me. <laughs> so I actually felt like at some point. Hold on, Google, stop. Okay, Paul. <laughs> like, like Google had to take a piss or something for a minute. <laughs> but I actually like things got brighter around my eyes at one point. That's wild. Yeah, man. Yeah. Got, so Paul's over here saying Leland truly saved my life from suicide. A month ago, month ago, with his breath work. So thank, thank you, brother. Uh, uh, I love you so much, Paul. It's my pleasure, bro. Thanks for allowing me to be part of it. Um, so there's a, a group called Heroic Path to Light, uh, run by a devil dog. Uh, his name is Justin Lepre, and he went on a psilocybin journey himself because he was one just like us who had the gun in his mouth, ready to go. He was done, couldn't do it anymore. And plant medicine saved his life. So I had the honor to co-facilitate a psilocybin breathwork and bufo, which is 5-MeO-DMT uh, journey for nine combat veterans and uh, some first responders, which he's also a first responder as well, because you know how it is. Most first responders oh, are vets anyways. <laughs> and that's about, that's about as extreme as you're going to get. And, and yeah. Crichton says uh, we do them do do it together every 30 minutes. So like, this is like a, like, that's interesting. Yeah. So, and if you think about it, that's micro dosing, you're micro dosing yeah, no, yeah. on, on oh, the, on your own endogenous psychedelic chemicals that you have inside of your body. So yeah, that, we have a, we have a group on WhatsApp of uh, over a hundred people that every 30 minutes, they'll just hop into a zoom room together and do 60 seconds to freedom. That's wild. So I, brother, and we're not even touching your non-for-profit yet. Yeah. Yeah. Get, give me the non I mean, we're over an hour right now. Give me the non-for-profit. Like, this to me, so, and one, after the show, see, this is why I wish I could record after the show. Yeah. Because DMT, I'm not a psychedelics guy. Um, I feel like I'm the guy who would take psychedelics and lose his shit. And then, like, you would be like, Hey, cut his eyelids off and fucking sucked his nose right off his own face. Like I'm that guy. Cause I can't like, I'm not good with drugs. I'm not, I'm not a good drug guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I would have never, I didn't never made a good drug addict because you know why I'd have spent half the time trying to haggle with the dealer. Like, look, man, I know you're trying to say this is a 20 rock, but I'm saying this is 15. <laughs> I've got 10, but I'll give you seven. Like that's me. <laughs> like I could never do it. Uh, yeah, but, but seriously though, so, so tell me about the non-for-profit. Cause I mean, you've got, 
uh, brother, I'm gonna tell you right now, I get a lot of people that have good good followers, but I mean, you've had upwards of 15 plus people just to hear you talk. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, so it's Warriors for Life America is our nonprofit side, and then we have Willful Warrior on the for profit side, and they are married together. Uh, and we are now partnered with amazing organizations like Heroic Path to Light, uh, Church of Sacred Synthesis, which uh, Megan is also one of the facilitators and leaders in that organization. So there's there's a whole bunch. We are interconnected with some amazing organizations that are geared towards taking care of our brothers and sisters, especially like military veterans, first responders, which Paul is both, by the way. Uh, I'm telling I'm telling him what you were, bro. So you know it's coming from a Marine. He was Coast Guard. Uh, hey, my and now... son was in the Coast Guard. That's all right. Look, okay. my, son, all right. my son was a puddle pirate. And, yeah, there it is. I knew it was coming. And the reality <laughs> of it is, is I, I've never known a group to deploy more. Like, True. I thought Marines deployed and Navy deployed a lot. Yeah. My son was in the Coast Guard, and it was like, Every other week, I'm like, so you're back home? He's like, yeah, I'm home, Dad. And then I'm like, where the fuck is my kid at for two last two weeks? And all of a sudden, I'd be like, where have you been? He'd be like, oh, we were on, we were down in South America. We were doing this. My favorite story from him is like, he goes, he sends me a picture and he goes, Dad, look at this. It's like 400 and some million dollars worth of drugs. Oh, he's like, he's like, look at this, Dad. This is the biggest bust this boat has ever had. I'm like, that's incredible. And then I went, hey, son, what happened to it? He goes, I don't know. The DEA took it away. I said, that shit's back on the streets because guess what, son? I ain't heard a single news report about junkies couldn't get their fix. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. probably about right. But, but hey, Paul, I love my – you know what the funny part about Puddle Pirates is, though, Leland? I got to tell you this one. God, I normally stop shows by now. But funny part about Puddle Pirates is, is my son was big about this. He's 27 right now. He 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 loved telling me, Dad, you know, uh, Coast Guard boot camps as hard as Marine Corps boot camp. I'm like, what? <laughs> They're like, what? He goes, yeah. It was a Marine that actually uh, came up with the Coast Guard process for boot camp. Just as tough. I'm like, son. <laughs> and then I went and I was, went to New Jersey where their boot camp was. I was like, no, kid. No, this is a nice place. It's not a Waffle House bathroom. It's not a Waffle House bathroom where you sleep for fucking hours upon end. But Paul, brother, I'm glad to hear hear you doing it. So, so what is yeah. the goal of your nonprofit? Like, I hear a lot about like some alternative medicines. You called it plant based medicine. Some alternative stuff there, which I find right. DMT completely fascinating because there are some folks that will tell you that. DMT is like physically unlocking other dimensions. Yes. What are yes. your thoughts on? I gotta ask you. Like, I, I again, never done it. Know nothing about it. I uh, there's a comedian Ari something. I can't think of his last name. He talks about going on an eight minute DMT trip, but in mm -hmm. his mind, he was living in an underwater world for six months. Met a woman, fell in love, and came out of it and had problems breathing oxygen because he was so used to being like a fish person kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, are, um, it's amazing. For one, dimethyltryptamine is already in you. 
it's produced oh, when you're when you're yeah you have it inside of your adrenals and inside of your lungs it's all throughout your body but the highest concentration of it what you know it's inside of your lungs why do you think you felt the way that you did you got a small little dmt trip that's oh, exactly what's happening whenever you do the breath is you're moving cerebral spinal fluid up and down and you're just dinging your pineal gland over and over and over again which will help to activate that process so uh and last eight uh, it was Lions Gate, and that's you know that's a whole energetic thing. We won't get into that. But anyways, um, I went on a five meo trip myself last night. Several. What's a five meo trip? So five meo DMT is is like the strongest form of of DMT. So these, I mean, like last night, whenever we went in, uh, I don't know, it was easily a good ten minute. Um, absolutely gorgeous and he's telling you the truth. Like you're seriously unlocking dimensions. You're uh, last night. Actually, my dad has been with me a lot, right? I can feel him around. And last night was, it's a very healing, healing ceremony, especially when done in the way that we do it. You know, it's not just, we're sitting around, Hey, let's do some drugs. It's all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ceremonial. There's people holding space for you so that you can, let go you know people scream they cry they roll they are letting go and releasing trauma of not just their own but trauma of generations right and that's one thing we know in neuroscience and psychology and also epigenetics is you're already an egg in your great 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 grandmother you're already there so all of that stuff that your lineage has gone through is passed down through those genes and when you do this work you're quite literally unlocking that DNA. You're unlocking that trauma, not just for yourself, but for the generations before you. So it's a gorgeous and beautiful experience, especially ceremonial. I mean, I bawled my fucking eyes out last night because I could just feel my, and there it goes, it started welling up, but I just, I could feel my dad with me and he was so at peace because I'm doing the work for him, for my ancestors, for us as a consciousness. And it's, absolutely liberating and gorgeous to watch like Paul and everyone else that, that went through their own ceremony. Like, dude, there's nothing more magnanimous and beautiful to me than to watch them go through their experience. And he's now a first responder, like a search and rescue guy, right. That uh, runs dogs. So of course, from one traumatic job to another traumatic right. job, you can imagine he's been racking up the trauma for decades but just to watch the difference in his face and the other faces from our combat veterans, the Marines and our army guys and everything else was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And it's, it's a life changing experience that I'm super honored to be a part of and to, to help lead all of our, our brothers and sisters through. And in fact, um, we'll, we'll get you in one of these ceremonies uh eventually if that's something that you i, I would, would be like i would be interested I, I i will tell you right now i'm a, I'm a bitch i'm a straight bitch okay because i'm like i'm the guy who's like oh, i i didn't you know because i come from you know and I, I have no problem in telling my trauma so i was the kid that my parents divorced at 11 because my dad was was a cokehead and, and a dealer and we owned a liquor store and a bar you know in the 80s coke wasn't addictive it's, it's the new Coke because the old Coke wasn't addictive, but, um, you know, that was my dad and I love my father to death. Uh, and he, uh, he eventually 
kind of, you know, got through that and fixed himself. My father passed away in 2017, uh, had a heart attack, but hard drugs outside of marijuana have always scared me because, because it's like, I don't know what, what's in, like, I don't know how my body would react and I'm ultra scared that I would like it. You're does definitely going to like it. Does, does that make you that. Like, like I would, it does. It does. That I would like it. It does. Thankfully, this is not a habit, you know, habit forming drug. Like I said, it's already endogenous. It's something that's inside of you. And whenever you're dealing with the nonprofits and organizations that we do, the, it's pure medicine. It comes straight from the toad itself. You know, it's, it's an, a, it's something a toad excretes as, as like a, a protection for itself. But oh, this it's is like also, licking, licking the frogs. Yeah, it's a real thing. Yes, <laughs> that is, is that, a real is thing. Licking the frogs. I, now I know what it is. Okay, we're good. That's where that comes from. Yes. So, um, I had to, to look at that one. I would want to go to Puerto Vallarta just to go to Puerto Vallarta. It has nothing to do with like that's our retreat in October. That's what she's talking nothing about. Do yeah, a trip, doing... and that would just be fun to go to Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, and, and it's not not a plant medicine retreat. It's it's a five day advanced breathwork retreat we're doing. Okay, so it's just breathwork there. It's not licking frogs. Yes. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're gonna get high on your own DMT. <laughs> I don't have to lick frogs or no. All right, fair no enough. No licking frogs. No no smoking anything. Hey, but I got, just... See, I love my wife. My wife, if I told her like, hey in October, we're going to Puerto Vallarta to, you know, do breath work and yoga type stuff. My wife would be the one to be like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Because she's very open to that kind of stuff. You know, I've got some hippy dippy daughters. My sons would probably be like, what are you doing? Cause my sons are <laughs> a lot like me. My sons are like me. They'd be like, fuck you doing? I'm like, I'm going Where's there. Where's my going, dad? What'd you're you going do? to hang blinds. I'm going to do this, but, but absolutely. So, so what's the, I want to get back because we do yeah. have to close it up at some point here. Uh, we're keeping the bar open a little bit longer tonight, but so what is the goal with the non-for-profit and it, it's a 501c. Yeah. Yeah. 501c3. So we're not just calling it a non-for-profit. It's a legit 501c3, but what Absolutely. is the goal? And that I think is important for a lot of people to understand and know, but what is the goal within the non-for-profit? Yeah, so the goal for Warriors for Life America is to be that that comprehensive network. And I never wanted to be the one that was like, this is the way, this is all that, that you know you can do with us type of thing. So with us, there's yoga, breath work. If, if what I do doesn't resonate with you as a brother or a sister, I know a network and team of people like Heroic Path to Light, Church of Sacred Synthesis, all of these amazing organizations. So essentially we're a comprehensive network that has several modalities or natural ways of healing that we can help, you know, trauma informed yoga that I teach, uh, all those, all those types of things. You all right. Yeah. So, um, we are, we're basically connecting people to that healing that they've been looking for that they didn't even know was available. That's incredible. Especially for us, right? You get out of the military and they don't tell you these things. They don't tell you to go do trauma-informed yoga. They don't tell you to do breath work. Here's your pills. 
you know, now they're moving into some of these new modalities, but they do not tell you the things that we afford for our, our veterans and for our active military that we have available. So that's what we wanted to be is that connector. What are you dealing with? If you don't like what we have to offer, don't worry about it. We have a network of people we are going to connect you to. That's awesome, brother. I mean, yeah. I've had some folks on here. I had a gentleman. He had a foundation, 22 a day, uh, Vet Lives Matter, and he was hiding it. And uh, yeah, he hit it and and told everybody he was fine, and he took his life. And he uh. was a guest on, on the show. Um, Dibs, who's a good friend of mine, we talk about this stuff often. He used to be my co-host, but, you know, this is uh, – look, for any vet that's out there, I don't care if you were a combat vet, if you just served. I mean, I'll tell people, I tell people all the time, I never saw combat. But I will tell you, I was sitting on, sitting right next to a CH, CH-53 Echo helicopter when a kid didn't have the uh, right stands underneath of it and knocked the pin out of it. And got sucked up into the landing gear and cut it in half. And wow. he was right next to me. I'll tell you about uh, launching a 53 as the in AVI, launching a 53. I was a staff sergeant walking away. As I'm walking away from the bird, I'm two spots away from it. And I hear something and I look back and it's tilted on its side as one of the landing gear sucked up into it. The, the uh, switch something happened uh one guy got a big hunk out of his leg and i was the last guy off the bird so my mind goes to what did i miss was there something i did was there something that i should have done all that kind of shit so those of you that are out there that are hearing this don't think because you didn't see combat you didn't have something hell right i spent 12 of my 20 years on recruiting duty, I sent more kids into the service, well over a battalion of Marines into the service, kids who uh, saw real combat. My first son, I have eight kids, many of them are stepchildren, but my first biological son, his name is Tyler because he's named after Tyler Katolka, who was the first kid I put into the Marine Corps who saw combat and came home. Nice. That's where his name comes from. Love that. So, so for those of you that hear this, please don't think that your story is less because it doesn't sound like something out of a movie, something right. out of a TV series or book, because whatever your case was, you know, yeah. if you were the guy that drove a five ton out of the motor pool and had to take it into an area just to check the brakes and your pucker factor was up because of that, because you had to go outside of the wire to do those things. You still did something, brother. Amen. You know, amen. It, I, I try to get that through guys' heads all the time. Yeah. So, so if somebody, no matter what, you've been through basic training, right? That's a fucking traumatic experience by a, itself. That's a whole different thing. But, um, and look, you, you've got some great people here, man. I mean, Coherent Heart has been with us since before the show started. I don't know who you are, but thank you that's so Randy, much. That's one of my favorite people. Uh, Leland has created the most loving community. This is my new family. Paul says he is a true brother. When I say I got you, I got your six. He truly means it. Proud to be part of this family. If somebody wanted to find you, get a hold of you, be part of this, how can they do that? 
Yeah. So uh, easiest way is you could always email me and reach out to thewillfulwarrior at gmail.com. Uh, we also have our YouTube channel, The Willful Warrior. Just type it into YouTube and you'll find us. And then we have our website, which is uh, thewillfulwarrior.org. It's not a non-for-profit, but you know we're working on getting the .com side of things right now. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. And I got to hook you up with our friend of the show, Cody uh, Wassel, who is America's Joy joy something but i she does the i always mess it up and she gets mad she doesn't get mad at me because she doesn't know how to it's not trans and dance is what i used to call it trans and dental dancing yeah like love it yeah and love it she just did like joy retreats out here the two of you together with what you're doing and what she's doing i i could see a lot of a lot of good inner healing outside of the 15 pills that the VA wants to give you right? and the, all the other bullshit brother. Look folks, if you're finding me through Leland or finding Leland through me, make sure you're going out and you're finding the willful warrior. Like I said earlier on in the show, he's on LinkedIn, he's on Facebook, he's on Instagram, giving all those things a follow, giving all those things, you know, a like, it may seem very minor to you, but the way these algorithms work, they see those hits and they jump. There's a thousand of you on on uh, Instagram that follow me, and twelve hundred or thirteen hundred of you on uh, Facebook. If just a ten percent of you go and give him a like and a follow, that means something to his organization. That starts boosting it. It starts creating an algorithm, whether you like it or not. I want you to do that. Do that for him. And the same thing on the other way. If you're finding me through Leland, taking that moment, following us on, on YouTube, those of you that have been watching on us on YouTube, on Facebook, taking a moment and going on to uh, Apple and giving us a, a five-star rating. It may seem silly, like the kid stuff, like, like, share, and follow for my, you know, what's the one? Cocomelon. You know, it, <laughs> might seem, it might seem silly, but the reality of it is, is that's how these algorithms work. That's how it pushes Things for it. That's why if you look at the name of this show, it's what is breath work? How can breath work heal? Because people search out podcasts the way they search on Google. That's why we name yeah. things the way we do. So take that time and do those things for both of us. Again, it makes that much of a difference. Now, next week, it's still another service member. We're going to shift some gears. Literally, we have Zip Sim- Simmons on and we're talking muscle cars next week. That's another healing thing. I'll there's be there. No, brother, there's nothing more cathartic than if fixing something. I believe that completely because there's a result at the end of it. And uh, the, I sold my 1980 Camaro two years ago. And the guy reached out to me and sent me pictures of it. He tore the he took the whole motor out and put a new motor in. Put a 400 big block into it. Brother. Ooh. It 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 just sounds like a monster <laughs> and brandy thank you so much yes i'm following you because of leland supporting our heroes thank you so much brandy i appreciate you now don't log off on me leland uh, i'm right have- here brother i'm right we- here and really quick for any of you veterans out there don't suffer in silence bro or sis stop it we're here reach out to sean reach out to me reach out to somebody call the suicide hotline don't suffer in silence. 
Don't do it. Now, we have yeah. a tradition here on the show there, Leland. And I know this is episode like 190-something, so you've listened to all 190-some episodes. And of course so I everybody, I mean, I, I know it. I mean, so you know what's about to happen. It's my dickhead thing I'm saying. But uh, we have a tradition here on the show. The guest always gets the final word. Hmm. So what is the final word there, Leland? Uh, the final word is um, I love each and every one of my brothers and sisters. And the more that we can come together like we're doing here because of Sean, the more we can do this work together. I've got your six and always will. Alrighty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been a Second Front Podcast presentation found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found.